lots of time to think about it. Um, in our series of doing things differently, mental and physical health. I mean, yeah, it's a big topic. <laughs> um, Libby quoted right back at the beginning when she started this series, um, not by my might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's in Zechariah 4, verse 12. And um, the leader of Hope Vineyard in Oxford says, being different takes more effort. And that is very true. But without God, there can be no change. And in all of our efforts to do life differently as Christians, Christ has to be at the center. So let's just start by praying together and then we can dip into this massive topic. Holy Spirit, we just pray for your presence here this morning. We want everything to glorify you. We want to be filled with your presence and we want you to be the center. We just pray that you will dip into people's hearts, that you will speak and touch to each person here this morning. Amen. So there isn't really a distinction between our mental and our physical health. And I think most of us are probably aware of that. Um, our mental and emotional health affect how we feel physically. Our physical health also affects our emotional well-being. We're going to unpick these a little bit this morning. It is a huge topic. We could have an entire year's worth of sermons on it, I think, and probably still not be done. It's touched frequently on in the Bible, even if only um, sort of subtly in places. But I promise you, this is going to be a whistle-stops tour, so don't panic. I've got Nick sitting on the front row, and he's going to be, if I talk too much. Um, I've broken it down into different aspects of our bodies and how we can deal with this physically and the impact that our mental health and well-being can have. As a family, um, we have had our own challenges over many years, particularly around mental health. And that is going to be my main focus this morning because I think we know much more about our physical health. And I think as Christians, it's how we handle our mental and emotional well-being that can be the challenge and can help us do things differently. So I am speaking from my heart in a lot of this, but your experience may be very different. And just because I am saying it up the front doesn't make it right for you. Um, go back to scripture and filter what I say. Okay, so what is health? Start of a 10. Anybody want to give me a kind of what you think health is? Daisy. That's the million dollar question. What type of health, Daisy, has come back to me and asked? It's a big question, isn't it? Doing exercise. Okay, so that's to do with our physical health. Keeping fit, okay? 
Any, anything else? Right, well, let's look. The World Health Organization says that health is a state of complete physical, emotional, and social well-being, not just the absence of disease or infirmity. So our scientific culture likes to break things down into little chunks, and we like to define our health in three different ways. And as you can see, they're all connected. So physical health feeds into our mental health, which feeds into our social and emotional health and well-being. So Daisy talked about exercise. Um, anything else you think we might need to give us good health in all of those areas? Abby? Yes, good food. Yes, absolutely. Friends are important. Anything else? Rosie? Yes, sleep is also really important. Ben? Yeah, positive thinking. Okay. I'm, I'm making eyes with my little helper at the back there. Oh, no, go back to the previous one. That's it. Nope, back one more. Back one more. That's it. Okay. Sorry, you probably popped those up now. I do apologize when I couldn't see. So that's how they all feed in. And we're going to be talking a little bit about some of those, but most importantly, about what the Bible says. Okay, good to go now. Um, I have borrowed some statistics from Inside the Mind, a guide for young mental health. It's actually been written by 14 to 19-year-olds, um, published by the Children's Society. But although it's aimed at children a lot of what it says is applicable to adults as well. And there are some quite scary statistics up here that maybe just make us think about what's going on in the world and how we can impact this as Christians. So for every person affected by mental illness, five pounds is spent on research. Multiply that by 22 times and you get what's spent on cancer research. Multiply that by 14 times and you get what's spent on dementia research. 10% of school children have a diagnosable mental illness. 75% of mental illness starts in children before they reach their 18th birthday. 50% of mental health problems in adults take root before the age of 15. 75% of young people with a mental health problem are not receiving treatment. One in four people in the UK will experience a mental health problem each year. 676 million people are affected by mental health issues worldwide. Right. We all love a quiz. I love a quiz. So I've got a few pictures coming up here of various parts of the body. Um, I feel I need to apologise to Jazz in advance. She might feel like she's in class here. On the other hand, if these are really easy, just, or if I've got any wrong, just tell me afterwards. So what do we think this is? DNA, hair, or muscle fibers? Nana, you think it's muscles? Okay, anything different? Daisy, you think hair? What do you think, Rosie? Muscle fibers. You muscle fibers? It is, in fact, hair. Yes. Okay. Um, so, kids, I've got something else coming up for you in a little bit, but just hold out and I'll tell you about that. So, 
You can even see the dreaded split ends in there, can't you? So mental health is a physical, it's as real as our physical health. We wouldn't walk into church as a Christian with a broken leg, leave our crutches at the door and pretend there was nothing wrong. Um, we wouldn't say that Christians shouldn't suffer from tonsillitis or cancer or COVID. But sometimes we do hear or feel the message that we shouldn't suffer as Christians from depression or anxiety. Our hope is in Jesus. That's true. Our hope is in Jesus, but that doesn't make us immune from sickness. My brother-in-law is a GP and has also suffered from depression himself, and he and I have had lots of conversations about it over the years. And he says true depression is when a patient is globally impaired by negative thoughts and perceptions. So this comes from the NHS. It causes physical symptoms such as lack of energy, impaired concentration, disruption to sleep, as well as a negative impact on our emotions. So I like this quote. It is part of the cure to want to be cured. Prevention is obviously better than the cure, just wanting to get better can require a huge amount of effort in itself. Mental illness is not just about depression and anxiety. So, okay, kids. Um, Esther, standing at the back, being my wonderful assistant. I think, have you done a quick head count then? Oh, okay. No worries. Right, so there are some little booklets at the back that have some questions in them. Uh, you're going to draw a picture of yourself on the front, hopefully write your name on it. And then inside, it asks you to write your favorite book, who you'd like to watch a film with. There's various other little things in there. There's stickers and stuff to decorate it with. The idea is that you keep this hidden for the moment, and it can form part of a conversation to have at home. So your parents are going to see if they can get the answers to your questions. So don't show them. You're going to ask them the questions and see if they can guess who you'd most like to watch a film with or what you like to do on a day off school. Um, for an extra challenge, and apologies because my brain and printers had a complete malfunction this weekend, so I had a fabulous team of helpers handwriting these. So thanks to Jen and Esther and Nick and Pip for helping me out this morning. Um, an extra challenge on the whiteboard are some questions, kids, that you are going to have a go at working out the answers your parents would give. So they're slightly different questions, like what do you think your parents' favourite drink is? Uh, what would your parents do if they had no kids at home? Okay, so those of you without kids, you can turn this into a little Mr. and Mrs. quiz, okay, and pick whichever version of it you like. But it's good to start a conversation. So the first way that we can be different as Christians is to acknowledge the suffering of those whose health is poor. Not belittle it, not try and explain it away, just acknowledge it. I love going to the Psalms. Um, 
David says in Psalm 22, right at the beginning, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Throughout the Psalms, David poured out his heart to God. And around sort of Psalm 39 through to about 45 is quite a collection of dark Psalms when David was going through quite a difficult time. And time and time again, I find these really helpful when I can't find the words to say, I don't know how to pray, I don't necessarily feel as if God can hear me, like David. And it's okay to articulate that. The challenge is also to try and be that way with each other. So, no, it doesn't mean we have to give a detailed account of our emotional life for the last week, but at least to say, you know, I've had a really bad week because I'm anxious about school or work. I've had a friend say some really tough stuff to me today that's crushed my confidence. Rather than just walking in and going, yeah, I'm fine. Right, are we ready for the next bit of the quiz then? What do we reckon? Yeah, Hannah, I... I I'm not going to come to you first because I, I would hope <laughs> that you know what this is. Red blood cells, stomach or throat? I mean, I, I have to confess, I did look at that first off and think it looks like a bunch of Haribos. It does, doesn't it? It does look like a bunch of Haribos. Nat? Red blood cells? Are we all with red blood cells? Yes. Hannah says that's right, so at least I know I've got one right. Um, so <laughs> my point about Haribos, really, uh, is... Our emotions wear disguises. Uh, there are physical symptoms to the turmoil that is going on in our minds. So can anyone tell me, particularly kids, because actually I think as children we're much more connected with the emotional and the physical. So if something bad has happened at school, when you wake up the next morning getting ready for school again, what is going on in your body tells you yesterday wasn't good and you're worried about today. Can anybody tell me what kind of physical things go on? Daisy? Yes, yeah, so that lack of energy and actually not wanting to get yourself out. Did I see a hand up? Caleb? That's such a good thing, isn't it? There are so many adults around who can help us. Caleb said, tell a teacher. Ma? Nanas. Yeah, yeah. Who gets butterflies in their tummy? Yes. Who gets kind of cold but also sweating at the same time? It's an odd thing, isn't it? Yeah, headaches? I mean, loads of, yeah, loads of adults get tension headaches. Okay. So... There's a really interesting connection across culture with this. So if you yawn in Kenya, it does not mean you are tired. It means you're hungry. Um, in China, the expression to make your hair stand on end is an idiom for being angry. If your liver is about to split, you are heartbroken. Um, also in China, your gallbladder and how your gallbladder feels is linked to your courage. 
And in some Australian indigenous languages, there are a lot of them, so they're kind of in family groups. But if you have a sore ear, anybody think, have a, want to have a guess as to what that might mean? It doesn't mean you're tired, no, but I quite like that. Ben? <laughs> no, it means you're confused. Uh, what about having a burning throat? If you have a burning throat, what do you think that might mean? Obvious. Oh, no. No, it means you're in love. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> but we all know, don't we, that there is a physical connection. I can still remember um, my dad passed away nearly 20 years ago now um, in Nottingham and the last place he was before he died was City Hospital in Nottingham and it wasn't a route that we usually drive my mum still lives there and my sister lives there so we drive around Nottingham a lot but the route to City Hospital was not a route we used to drive very much apart from the time we were repeatedly visiting him and there was one occasion maybe six months after he'd passed away that we took a diversion a different route out and we went past and as we were driving along this road I could feel my stomach churning and I just had to kind of unpick and pause and think what I feel anxious what am I feeling anxious about and it's because driving along this road had triggered all of those feelings of anxiety that I was going through before my dad passed away so doing a little might leave my little helpers at the back there we go. Uh, this is reflected again in the psalm. So David said, my sides are filled with burning. There is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. So the second way we can do things differently is expressing our emotions, not glossing over things. Research shows that expressing our emotions is important. The greater our language of emotional intelligence the healthier we are emotionally, the more resilient we are, and the more able to deal with difficulties. So this is kind of the thinking behind the kids' activities. Um, and if you're an adult who've chosen to do it, brilliant. Because it's all about starting that conversation. Use verses from the Psalms, especially when you're working with your children, so that they can see that the Bible, yes, it's a guide to life, the whole of life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right, next quiz question. Veins, muscles, or the brain? What do we reckon? Rosie. Okay, you agree with that? Ooh. Nana? You think muscles? Nat? Muscles? Bethany? You think muscles? Well, you're obviously all very clever. Uh, they need exercising our muscles, don't they? Just like our minds. Um, but how do we do that in a way that makes us distinctive as Christians? With respect to our health, we need to practice those things that we know are good for us. I love this quote from John D. Rockefeller Jr. Giving is the secret of a healthy life, not necessarily money. He was incredibly wealthy. But whatever a man has of encouragement and sympathy and understanding. 
Research shows that when we focus on things outside of ourselves, our mental health and well-being improves. This is a biblical principle. So the next slide, we can see some of Jesus' practices. He prayed. We have a role model in Jesus Christ. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountains by himself to pray in Matthew 14. Great crowds gathered to hear him and be healed of their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray in Luke 5. We know that he did that repeatedly. Rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed in the first chapter of Mark. It's a very trendy thing to be aware and have self-care. But for us as Christians, that need to be, needs to be rooted in biblical practices. Yes, practice generosity, sympathy, understanding. Pray regularly. Count our blessings. You might not feel very blessed. Find something, however small. Right, next quiz question. I think this is my favorite Oh, I know, I've, I know I've hit a good one when um, even Hannah's screwing her face. I'm just having a look to see with the expression on Jazzy's face. <laughs> Caleb. Ah, well, do you know what? They are actually pictures of the same thing. But, so Caleb said one's an eye and one's an ear. Mm. Oh, Hannah's worked out. <laughs> Bethany. I. So Caleb was right. It is the eardrum. So the fourth way that we can do things differently as Christians is the way we listen to each other and what we listen to. The people we spend time with, they have influence on us. We need to make sure that what goes in is godly and food for our souls. We need to listen to others. It's often said, isn't it? We have two ears and one mouth because we should listen twice as much as we should talk. Most people will say they are okay even when they are not. This is another quote from the uh, booklet Young Minds. Don't judge the path I choose to take if you haven't walked the journey I had to make. Our learned response, how are you? I'm fine. The tendency that we have sometimes to judge. If you didn't do that, surely you wouldn't feel like that. Keep that in. Just listen. Offer to pray, but don't offer solutions. These are some more quotes from Inside the Mind, and they show how crucial it is that non-judgmental listening is. And I know for myself, this is something I struggle with. I am so quick to try and process in my mind. I think, well, surely if you didn't do that, or if you did that, then it would be different. But actually, we just need to listen. Let God do the other stuff. Don't put too much pressure on Young people, but that's anybody who you are listening to. Stop comparing age generations. We will open up eventually. It can feel like hard work, can't it, talking to somebody who you know is struggling. 
when they're not saying what's going on. Young people don't show mental illness at all times. It can happen in episodes. That's the same for many of us. Don't assume they are seeking attention or being dramatic. Christians often get a bad name for being judgmental. Sometimes those outside the church look in and see us as judgmental. Let's be different. It's the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. Do not judge by appearance, but judge with right judgment or not at all. Let God do that. John 7 verse 24. And Philippians 4 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and hear and see in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Listen to things and people that feed your soul. This is one of my favorite. It looks like those really horrible little I don't know, kind of chewy, sugary, maize, multicolored, gross things. You can tell I don't like them, but it's not. So vein, pancreas, or lung, what do we reckon? Pancreas. You think pancreas. Your pancreas is in here somewhere. Oh, okay. Above your liver. Okay, so Caroline's telling me it's above your liver. Might give you a little bit of a clue as to what it does. Esther? It's not rainbow drops. Oh, that's what I was trying to describe. You're right. It's not rainbow drops. Does look like rainbow drops. Ben? Thank you. You think pancreas? Rosie? Pancreas? Lungs? Okay. Well, so um, Bethany had it right first. It is the pancreas which produces insulin and digestive juices, amongst other stuff, for your healthy digestion. So it is needed. It's there all the time. I've got a friend who's had a stomach bypass operation, um, and she was telling me that her stomach has not been removed because it needs to be there for all of the other stuff that goes on in the body, including the pancreas. If you remove the stomach they suddenly stop working and don't therefore produce all of those chemicals and things that you need. So the next way that we can do life differently as followers of Jesus is to cultivate healthy habits. We read the beginning of Psalm 22 when David was pouring out his heart in anguish. And later on in verse 22, he says, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. He's turned it around. And I, I don't think he suddenly felt like praising God. It was a habit. He knew this is what he needed to do. It was an act of the will. And we need to follow his example. My grandma suffered from depression for much of her later life. And she knew that there were certain things that kept her mind and body fit and healthy. She went out for a daily walk throughout her life every day 
until only a few weeks before she died in 2017 at the age of 93. She often didn't feel like it. She often didn't walk very far, but she knew it was important and she did it. And that's the thing with a habit. We need to do it. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Be different. For me and for one of our boys, listening to worship music when going through tough times has been a key way to keep our focus on God when everything around and within feels Oh, sorry, I did preemptively put tickets, tissues in my pockets because I, I knew I might not get all the way through this. There are still certain songs that when I hear them, they take me back to that time for good and for bad. We have plenty of music in our culture that sings of despair and heartbreak, but we have to ask ourselves, is that helpful? We might be able to identify with it, but the truth of what is written in our worship songs is biblical and it permeates our hearts and minds and resonates with our soul in a level that is much deeper than we can actually articulate or express. We all know that exercise and a healthy diet and sleep are key to our physical health and we readily advocate this in our lives. Keeping habits that cultivate a healthy mind needs to be embedded too. Hebrews 10 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Keep meeting with other Christians. Keep coming to church. Nick and I have read an excellent book by Rob Parsons from Care, to the Fa- from Care for the Family called How to Keep Your Kids in Church Without Them Ending Up Hating God. I can thoroughly recommend it. Um, Rob Parsons outlines the principle that when faith is low and doubt creeps in and we don't feel like worshipping or our kids don't feel like it, make community and friends the reason you keep coming to church. That is okay because that is a healthy habit, and this applies as much to us too. Right, next quiz question. Do we think this is stomach, heart, or lung? You think lung? Rosie? Heart? Yeah. Bethany? Nana? Henry? Nat? Yeah, we're all there. What do you think? Caleb? Oh, I love the fact that you're prepared to put it out there, Caleb. It is the heart. It doesn't look anything like the heart you put on a Valentine's card, is it? I'm not sure what your loved one would think if you stuck if you stuck that on a heart. No, I know. So what does the Bible say? In Proverbs 4, 20 and 23 says, My child, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. 
And then Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. I think people of a certain age probably hear Bono singing that. Um, So the next way that we can do health differently is to do with our heart, tethering ourselves to real people, real experiences, and whatever connects us to God. Rachel Maisie Stafford, who is an American Christian author and blogger, writes, awareness changes everything. This is our weapon against the hidden influences and our own damaging behaviors. She was talking specifically about how we spend time online, how our thoughts and minds and core values drift towards where the tech companies want us to go. We need to tether ourselves to real life, real people, real scenery, furry animals, spatulas, music, hammers, cameras, paintbrushes, Lego, running shoes, football, whatever it is, and pray. Prayer is the single most important factor in healing, but it is a process. Pray alone, ask for, get other people to pray for you. My brother-in-law, who I referred to earlier, suffered from depression for about three years as a student and junior doctor in Newcastle. And many, many times over that period, people prayed for him. And it was a process. It took time. It didn't mean that it was wrong or ineffective. It just takes time. Jesus prayed when he was in anguish. Luke 22 says he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. He withdrew a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Right, okay, Caleb, I reckon you might get this next one right. What do you reckon? You are on it with the other one. Oh... Mm, Ben. All right, Sam is right. This is your eye. If you've been to the optician, I think particularly as an adult, they quite often take photos of your eye, and so you kind of get to have a little look at it. And that is the retina. So the eye, it's off. What we see is not the whole picture. We need to articulate it and speak out. And that helps us understand and frame our feelings. Seeing is not always enough. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is David in Psalm 23. So this is the final way, and actually I've touched on it all the way through, that we can do differently. Be honest. Say how you feel. Give each other permission. We don't necessarily need to go into great detail, but we need to accept when somebody says, actually, I'm not great. Pray. 
as we cultivate this in church and with each other in our homes, that will permeate into other areas of our life. The greater our ability to articulate our emotional health, the better our emotional intelligence. I often have to explain my emotions at home. I've realized that when I am stressed or frustrated because I've forgotten something or I've tried to squeeze too much in or I'm running late, that I end up using what Esther calls my angry voice. And it's not because I'm angry. So I'm, Ben and Esther are both very sensitive to that and immediately think that I'm cross with them and kind of go into shutdown mode sometimes I can think of Ben when he was little and I am learning because Esther has been so good at articulating to me that that's how she feels that actually I need to process that change my voice explain that I'm saying this because I'm frustrated not because I am cross physical illness and mental illness are tough we need to acknowledge it we do not live in a perfect world it's part of the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. If you would like prayer for anything, either that I've touched on today or something else, then we're going to give some space for that now. Um, if you don't want to come up to the front, that is okay. The only reason we ask you to come to the front is because sometimes it's easier, but you can just kind of give a little wave and we'll direct somebody to pray for you. I'm going to ask Russ to come and give us a little bit of music. Um, so, yeah, if you would like to come and pray, then please do. I'm just going to pray as we close. Lord Jesus, this is a massive topic. This is a difficult issue. And this is something that crosses over from our spiritual life into how we live the rest of our lives from day to day.